This episode of the Not Dead Yet podcast is sponsored by Vega. Whether you're new to pressing or it's been your preferred method for years, you can trust the original Vega Pro Press. They have just about every application you can think of in stock and ready to ship. When you hit up your local distributor, ask for it by name, Vega Pro Press, baby! You're listening to the Not Dead Yet podcast. I'm John Mason Brink, your host. I'm here with Tim Ward. Tim, back at it. How you doing today, buddy? JP, what's going on? Uh, happy uh, midweek. We're rolling into the holiday weekend with 4th of July coming up in a few days. So kind of dreading the uh, amount of rain we've gotten here in central Illinois. I've become an organic mushroom farmer in my backyard. And I didn't even know that. But it's much needed rain. So that's good. It is. It is. So, Tim, I was recently talking to an industry friend uh, this morning, actually, and we were talking about different industries and price increases, and he was talking about he had made a a flight reservation for September, and they already called him and said they canceled the the flight back home. So he was kind of scrambling, trying to find a place to uh, get the return flight. And he was just saying, like, these industries have people buy the balls. I think they know that they can uh, increase prices and, and it goes with gas. It goes with uh, lumber. It goes with cement. It goes with steel, foam, and uh, a lot Materials of different, of all sorts. Yeah. Just got me thinking about our, you know, our next guest. And he's going to you know touch upon some of the stuff uh, that is going down in Texas with uh, the supply chain increasing energy costs, cutting back on energy, ERCOT, the whole gamut of stuff. He's a return guest, Joel Frederick from Quarter Moon Plumbing and AC down in San Antonio, Texas. Joel, how you doing today? Doing all right. Fighting the uh, little bit of rain this morning. Finally got a little bit of rain last night this morning. Right on. So cows are happy. Grass is happy. Happy cows. It makes better cheese. So one of the things we want to talk about is uh, the experience you guys had during the storm where, uh, you know, there's kind of a freeze out and some, some blackouts and some power shortages and all that stuff. How did, how did, how did you guys get through that or what was your experience with that? Well, well, I find, I find it funny y'all call it a freeze out because we called it several things from Snowvid yeah. to the snowpocalypse. Yeah. To, I mean, that was like two really days. Got, two days. It was like a week and a half. <laughs> we we didn't know what to do. We had to, yeah, we had never seen anything like that down here. Yeah. Well, Go I was, was going to say the problem is is that uh, you guys are uh, deregulated, so um, you know the grid is kind of one off offline, and it did. And you yeah. guys are pretty yeah. much scrambling around and. Made for all kinds of challenges, you know. We had people with water leaks that would had no water because massive generators from the utility companies weren't even up and running. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't, whether it's frozen or they didn't have water, we couldn't really help them. Mm-hmm. Um, just try and get them something, figure out if there was water available. You know, people calling about their air conditioner is not working, the heater is not working. Mm-hmm. 
and then just trying to mobilize your guys and get them out on the road in eight degree temperatures with I don't even know how many inches of snow and ice on the roads. You know, we're not built for that down here. Yeah. We're built we're built to sweat, not to freeze and Yeah. We uh took a lot of things away though. You know, we're I'm right in the middle right now of doing some software changes. Communication was okay, but the coordination of it all was a challenge. So we're gonna take what we learned from the worst possible experience I hope we face in my lifetime from a from a service standpoint and turn it around and build off of that and be prepared for that. Yeah, it took us I'd say into that happened February somewhere around Valentine's Day, somewhere shortly after Valentine's Day, I think. Mm-hmm. So it took us mid March, late March to kind of catch up on the thousands of calls we got. Mm-hmm. Um then then the one of the one of the municipalities over here put a program together and asked us to be a part of it to help some of the uh, underprivileged get water back up and running. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that actually went on till about a week and a half ago. It had an effect that lasted easily three months, four months. Yeah. Yeah. Tim and I kind of, uh, I don't know if it's lighthearted. We talk about the, the, the snow vid or whatever, you know, cause we're used to that up here in the, the Midwest, but you know, San Antonio is pretty deep down South and that, you know, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a big deal. That's a big deal, man. It is. And driving through snow wasn't a problem. Mm-hmm. It's the ice that we don't know how to deal with where our tires are made for it. Our homes are made for it. I mean, we have a bunch of ridge vents to keep our attics and stuff cool and keep everything kind of, going along we have ridge vents and we had so many people call for water leaks mm-hmm. that they thought were water leaks because actually snow had blown through those rib, oh, ridge okay. vents yeah and had had uh, just melted in their attic so yeah we learned lots of things we learned that something like ERCOT can't be trusted from a consumer standpoint but yeah we're just trying to take it from a business standpoint we're trying to take it and learn from it so you mentioned. Are there things? Go- I'm sorry, John. I was just going to say, are there things that the state legislature? I know they don't meet on a normal uh, yearly basis like most state legislatures do, but will the state legislature look at ERCOT and evaluate maybe changing the system in general, or is this something that's here to stay and you're just got challenges and hope that this never happens again? So the first set of things that did happen is, um, yeah the state came in and kind of cleaned house. So I know they lost their chairman or president or whatever, and they lost several board members and they've been, I think they've been replaced. And, you know, right now you're being told that things are going to get better, but quite honestly, if it's a government entity, you really aren't going to know the whole story as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't know, they're already talking about, you know, need to conserve energy, going to have a really hot summer. We're going to, the grid's not ready yet and all that sort of stuff. So I like to call a little BS on some of that stuff, but it is what it is. We got to deal with it. So you mentioned ERCOT uh, for people that don't know, it's the electric, the electric reliability council of Texas. Uh, It represents 90% of the state's electrical load with uh, around 25 million customers so before this snow vid or freeze out 
you didn't even really think about ERCOT or anything like that. I mean, was it something you were okay with or you saw problems with? You know, it, it was everything was flowing fine. Yeah. Everything was flowing fine. Because for me, I mean, deregulation yeah. can be a good thing, you know. Um, it, it can. It's a free market society, right? Yeah. The problem is in, in our area, especially I live in an electrical cooperative area, there's no opportunity for other vendors. You know, that's the only vendor. So deregulation on the surface sounds wonderful, but it just doesn't exist where you live. That is correct. <laughs> and it doesn't exist in a lot of places where people live. CPS, CPS is the sole provider for this area. Yeah, it's just... Uh, well, you mentioned ERCOT can't be trusted. Are you willing to give them a, a wait-and-see approach, or would you want some regulation there? Or, uh, you know, what's what's it moving forward? I don't know. I'm just... I'm looking at it from what they're putting out right now. You know, they're putting out stuff that says things like... And I'm looking, I'm looking for it right now. Conserve um, energy? Cons- well, the way to conserve energy, it, don't, don't run your washer or dryer. Turn your thermostat up because every degree you, you save um, has 6% savings or something like that. Um, it's just silliness to me, mm-hmm. you know. Number one, I don't know. Well, don't we'll, you, we'll get back to. Don't you have a washboard that you could use like on the front porch? That's what I'm getting at. I mean, just because we're in Texas doesn't mean we're not in the 21st century, you know. I mean, exactly. we, we we like our we like our some of us like our uh, conveniences, old old school lifestyle, but we do like the conveniences, and you know, like I talked about earlier, we're per, we sweat down here, and that's just what we do. And I mean, you gonna tell my guys not to wash and dry their clothes? I mean, come on. And then to, and then to, oh, you need to set your thermostat. I saw something. You need to set your thermostat to 86 degrees while you're away or something like that. And so when you get home, you're going to drop it down to 78. And so it's got to make up eight degree differential while it's still 98 degrees outside. Mm -hmm. I mean, which one burns more energy? Yeah. I mean, keeping a steady temperature or putting the load. You know, it's like the push. I'm just going to go off. I apologize. No, it's like the push for electric cars. You know, it takes like 50 to 60 kilowatt hours to mine a lithium battery that will produce one kilowatt hour. That makes zero sense to me. Why are we going to waste energy to conserve less energy? That's what I don't trust ERCOT. They're putting out things that just don't make sense. Well, it's interesting when, um, you know, we were talking about getting on the podcast together. There was a uh, a survey that was sent to me, and it mentioned ERCOT, and it said eighty five percent of Texans can't live without air conditioning. I mean, I'm sure that number is probably higher, but that was just the survey results. So, you, yeah, you're telling I mean, people, built- yeah, you're telling people to reduce usage and conserve energy, and I don't think people take that too, <laughs> you know, too kindly. Well, in the in the old Texas, you know, the houses were built to have a draft. The houses were built for natural air, mm-hmm. screen doors, window screens, just to keep everything cool. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, these homes are just, they're sealed. Um, so they need air conditioning down here. If not, it's going to be a miserable experience. The humidity doesn't escape. Uh, the heat stays in there. 
we have two summers. I mean, we have two seasons, right? Summer and not summer. Yeah, I mean, that's what they say. So, so has any of this ERCOT mumbo jumbo has that affected your air conditioning business? Are you still kind of not rocking? right now? Yeah, not right now. I don't know if the ERCOT thing is a legit concern or if they're just telling people so that they can just conserve more energy right now. I'm not quite sure. It got warm to here for a couple of weeks, almost hit a hundred. I think it did hit hit a hundred one day. AC started dying, so yep. it it didn't really affect it. The the mild temperatures have affected it more than anything because it's been pretty mild up until a couple of weeks ago. Well, assuming we get a some sort of infrastructure policy passed through Congress, I'm assuming that there will be financial resources available for uh, Texas, assuming ERCOT wants to play ball with federals. Um, not sure they will, but if they're, I, I, I'm assuming there's got to be some opportunity up the road for some infrastructure redevelopment if uh, the money is available. That would make absolute sense um, that it would be available, but also makes sense that Texas doesn't play well with the federal government either. We'll see. I mean, it's we've talked to several people on our podcast over the last couple of months, and we know it's it's affected business across the mm-hmm. board. Obviously, there were some chemical plants down in Texas uh, that produced lots of chemical, uh, lots of product for the industry. They went offline. That created a lot of backlog. I'm assuming some of those are back up and running at full bore. Um, I haven't heard. John, have you? I'm still blaming the cargo ship in the Suez Canal, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still going back to that. Well, PVC resin was tough to get for a while. I don't know if, I mean, golly. It's kind of what Those prices went up. Mm -hmm. Those prices went up down here like crazy. And then copper, you know, whether it's the cargo ship or China having us over a barrel, I'm not quite sure, but copper went up 50 per, 50% just in the month of May for us down here. Those things are continuing to go up. I did hear that lumber has finally stabilized, at least locally, and the futures are actually coming down, but I haven't. we haven't seen that transpire in the copper PVC market right now. So are you running into shortages with supply, or do you do, I mean... Do you turn around and are the prices higher for your customers? How does that all work? So, yeah, right now prices are higher for the customer, depending upon what it is. You know, water heaters, air conditioning units, those were already kind of pre-bought. And so we have, us and our suppliers have a a decent uh, stock of those. So we're not going to pass that on to um, the client on some of our bigger builds. Yeah, we we took a hickey on some of the copper prices because we were just installing all the water right when the prices go up. And that was a contract that was signed six months ago. So I can't go back. Kind of got to eat that. But when it comes to stuff that's, you know, kind of out of the ordinary, like the, this past week, I'm trying to, a homeowner needed a, a ADA shower that want, she wanted something that fit a, a regular cast iron tub. And they exist. They're just eight weeks out right now. So some of those specialty, bigger things, not yeah, those are those aren't being manufactured as quickly as a half inch copper pipe or two inch PVC fittings, stuff like that. You mentioned signing, you know, putting contracts together six months out. Um, what's the market look like in your neck of the woods over the next 
year to 18 months? As far as material? Or- Building, um, you know, I know it was a hot market. With yeah. all the supply chain issues, are, is it still a hot market? Buildings all over the place. Like, we're running into big competitors that are coming in really low. I don't know if they're trying to lock in some work that they're afraid that this market is going to reset sometime in the near future, which, I mean, is a likely mm-hmm. uh, scenario. Numbers have kind of been all over the place. We're trying to keep things steady, not, but, you know, at some point you got to put food on the guy's table too. So yeah, yeah, we're balancing that when it comes to uh, supply stuff, materials, when we do sign a contract, you know, you know, our proposals are only good for five days at this point. And then we try and secure the, the material. One job we just started, we bought all, all the underground PVC, cast iron, everything we could buy. We're going to buy it and store it so that we lock in the price. You know, we're we're all running the risk that it's going to drop, but, you know, we bid it at the current prices. So, and then the the supply houses, they're kind of saying, well, you know, we're only going to hold our price for a week. Or if you pay a 5% surcharge, we'll hold the price, we'll hold the price for 30 days. So every one of them is a little bit different navigating some unknown territory right now. Going back to Tim's earlier question about, the grid and ERCOT and all that you go into next winter and spring, just crossing your fingers or what's changed from our, I mean, nothing. <laughs> right. So nothing. it's possible this yeah. could happen all over again. Absolutely. It's possible that when it actually hits August, that it could happen. If, yeah, if they're, they, what they're saying is true. Um, we'll have, we could have rolling blackouts when we hit those 105 degree days in August. What's your percentage of new build versus service work? So probably 55 to uh, 60% depending upon the year is our, is our commercial new construction stuff. And then the rest is residential and commercial service. Are you having issues finding employees? Are you still having those challenges? Does a wild bear take a crap in the woods? (laughs) John, that's why we <laughs> had him on for the second time. We knew what we were going to get. We like, yeah. My dad used a different word than crap, so no doubt that's a it's a huge deal. Yesterday, I spent part of my morning with uh, the people that take pictures for our social media stuff because mm-hmm. I don't have time for that. And oh. I introduced him to one of our plumbers. He was on a roof and kind of gave him a background. And, He's 22 years old. He's the poster child for why you should get into a trade. Mm-hmm. You know, he came out of high school, went straight to work, and he's 22, and he already bought his first house. Wow. He's already a plumber. He has no college debt. Um, he is the poster child. And so we were talking about, you know, how can we utilize that as a recruitment piece at these different trade schools or high schools? How can we put together some sort of little video? You know, what can we do to get people? because they're not knocking down the doors right now. We did, we put out two ads last week, one for just general labor and one for licensed plumber. And I have no paper in my hand for the applications that we received. We have become a lazy instant gratification society. Have you gotten, have you gotten creative and start offering incentives or anything like that? Or, well, Right now we haven't because, and I don't know if it's 
a fine line right now. See, we have, so because we are a hot market, like we talked about earlier, we have a couple national guys that have really moved into our neighborhood and are offering way more of a signing bonus than we ever would and way more per hour. You know, it's hard to, hard to spell, but easy to say old Gettle showed up down here and they're offering California and Las Vegas kind of signing bonuses, you know, Mm -hmm. hard to compete. It is. And they're paying these guys with minimal experience. They're just grabbing them. Like I had a guy that I was paying. He is, he just became a plumber and down here, the market for an experienced plumber service plumber you know on an hourly rate if you just pay them straight hourly somewhere in between 27 to 30 but and so he just became a tradesman plumber and that's the not a journeyman we have a lower level called the Mm -hmm. tradesman you can only do uh residential stuff Mm -hmm. and you know we had just to get him running down the road in a truck we had paid him 25. Well, they came in and offered him a $10,000 signing bonus and pay him almost $30 an hour with, you know, I mean, he's only, as a tradesman, he's only been plumbing for two years. And uh, I'm like, all right, you know, I can't compete with that. Unfortunately, so, that company, where are they going to be in two years? I don't know, man. They're going all over the place. I mean, they, I, they're now in Austin. I started yeah. listening, hearing commercials out of Austin for them. Really? Wow. So they, they're trying to take over our area. San Antonio is a crazy market. Austin is super crazy. But that's not a franchise, is it? No, I don't think so. No. They're just buying up. They're buying up companies. It is what it is, right? Got to keep plugging along. Yeah. Make a living. We try, we're trying to do some things internally, performance-based kind of stuff, to keep our guys and motivate them, and then they can pass the word, bring some people on. It's better to homegrown than to try and, Sure. Bring him in and cycle through them every year too. Speaking of which, Joel was talking about social media platforms. They've got a very active Instagram, John. If you, I know you follow them, mm-hmm. Quarter Moon Plumbing on Instagram. Very, very active Instagram. They will, uh, they will have some new content of me yesterday, <laughs> probably because we we're just supposed to be out there. But then they, I would, while I was on the phone with some of my other guys, my construction guys, I would turn around and there would be a phone in my face <laughs> videotaping me taking pictures while I'm, and I'm like, come on guys, you're supposed to be capturing those guys. I'm just here to make sure that the, yeah. Cause we did some residential stuff. And so I made sure the homeowners were okay and make, you know, talk yeah. to the plumbers about not, not changing things. And here I am getting put on film. So. Well, Tim, you want to talk Dallas Cowboys or. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not, you're, are you a Dallas Cowboy fan? I if I watch football, if I watch professional football, that's who I watch. Yes, I got you. Um, do I keep up with them like a like a good fan would? No, nah, I don't even know who they drafted. To be honest with you, as long as they show up and win, that's a, I'll watch them. If if they don't, I'm just gonna probably not watch any football. Were you the Were you talking about hunting? Is a big passion of yours? Um, oh yes. Now up, we're speaking my language. Going up to Colorado or yeah. Any any big trips? That's some, no, I'm gonna hunt locally this year. I did not get drawn from my Colorado trip, so mm. that's okay. You fish too, right? A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Little. I I pay people to take me on fish. Yeah, it's weird. I can I can sit in the woods for hours. I can sit in deer blinds for hours, but if I'm not catching fish, I'm just ready to go. Yeah, 
I'm one well, of those There's guys. something about that. It's cathartic to sit in the woods. And, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't hunt, but my buddy does, and sometimes I go with him, and I just I take pictures of of him and just nature, and I don't mind. I don't mind it, you know. I'm not doing anything really, but um, one of the best things in the world is just sitting there and sitting up in a in the top of a tree, exposed to everything, and have having deer and squirrels just walk up underneath you, and like you're not even there. It's just a uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's so uh, therapeutic. For me. My buddy, uh, he tells the best story. He, he has to be drunk when he tells the story, but <laughs> he went on a he went on a bear hunt. I think it was up in Canada, and it was bow and arrow. I can't remember if he missed the first shot or whatever, but the bear was like almost climbing up the tree at him, and he had the thing cocked for it seemed like 10, 20 minutes, and his arm was shaking, and he was sweating, and the bear was like frothing at the mouth, and He's like, it's either you or me, buddy. And finally, he, he did get it. But he tells the best story when he's hammered. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy bow hunting. It's one of my favorite things to do. I don't know um, if I'm going bear hunting with a bow, though. I think I'm I'm big rifle. Uh, bows are for turkeys and shit like that. I'm not yeah, going but bear hunting with a It's black a bow. bear. You're not going like grizzly bear hunting or no matter what it is, it's all about shot placement. I could have the biggest gun in the world, and if I don't make a good shot, that sucker's still going to get mad at me, and he's still going to come after me. Do you so, hunt uh, hogs at all? Oh, my gosh. They're like pests down here. Yeah, they are. So you, They're terrible. So you do? I do. I'll shoot them when I see them. I like to uh, – I've been on a couple uh, – helicopter hog hunts if you're not a bit that's some that's some real redneck stuff y'all need to go try that i recommend that for anybody you don't have to pick them up the the landowners just want them gone gone landowners will take care of them you just got to pay for the helicopter and the shells and it's a lot of fun (laughs) it seems like it would be a lot of fun i like shooting fish in a barrel you can use use the ar or um buckshot either one what else, Tim? What else you got? Yeah, you I don't know what this truck? market's going to do. I would be concerned um, if I was anybody these days what our financial situation is going to be. I don't know if Texas, you know, in the last recession, Texas was a year after the rest of the country. I don't know where how it is where y'all are at. I feel like Texas could go first this time. So I don't know. It's just weird. Well, I did see a, a headline that said expect gas shortages for the holiday weekend so they're already preparing that for everyone so and gas prices are astronomical around here right now i know really it's a good thing i just bought a pick up truck what do y'all pay a gallon up there my neck of the woods we're at 350 anywhere from 345 to 353 yeah mm-hmm. i was gonna say ours is like 360 anyway. and then the, the premium is right. like 420 or whatever mm-hmm. we're 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 about 250 for gas and two two seventy two eighty for diesel diesel yeah Tim let's move to Texas y'all can uh y'all move to Texas y'all join all the Californians that are moving here and driving real estate prices up that it I just read a story over the weekend about the number of celebrities that are moving to the Austin area oh uh, yeah. anywhere from San Antonio New Braunfels up to Austin where all these Big name celebrities are buying land and building houses or buying existing houses and California is moving to Texas. They like the they like the uh 
tax issues. Oh, so that's the easiest way to get taken over is to bring those guys over here. Well, you ever watch the show Yellowstone? Oh, oh yeah. Kind of the same principle, right? Yes. Uh, that's a good show, yeah. huh? It's a great show. I, I, fortunately, I had just been about six, eight months off of Longmire before I found Yellowstone. And I'm a bit, I was a big Longmire fan. Well, this isn't a, yeah, this is definitely not plumbing related, but Texas did pass the constitutional carry about a week or two ago to where it's just, if you pass the background check and you own a gun, you can carry it, strap it on. Is it conceal or is it just? Nope. nope. It's just carry. You can have it on your person. It's 18 and over though, isn't it? Yes. Yes. We could be a could be a bunch of Matt Dillons and Festuses running around here before too long. So what That's about my concern? Too, what, too many Festuses. Yeah, too many Festuses. What about uh, Matthew McConaughey running for governor? Is that is that a real thing? <laughs> yeah, probably. He's going to win. It'd be better than the alternative, which was Wendy Davis a couple years ago. So in your opinion, Texas would be all right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, we, we had we had Kinky Friedman run a couple years ago, yeah. 10 years ago. So same same type of de- – I mean, Kinky and Matthew McConaughey are very similar. I think financially they're kind of lean, conservative leanings when it comes to finances, social issues. Is uh, marijuana legal? Marijuana, marijuana being one of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they lean a little towards the yeah. left side of life. So. Yeah, I was just going to say. Uh, well, John, you may yeah. not know this, but Greg Abbott and Matthew McConaughey are actually fraternity brothers. They were both Delta Tau Delta uh, fraternity members at the University of Texas. I think they're a few years apart, but they are fraternity brothers. Wow. That's an interesting factoid I did not know either. I, I, I myself am a Delt, so that's how I know that. I don't think that's about all they're going to agree on. Ethnic common. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we're in a world, back to your, we're in a world of instant gratification and kind of flashy, shiny kind of things. And, I mean, he's going to stroll up there on the podium and he's going to do his all right, all right thing. And the women are going to swoon and the men are going to vote for him just because that's what they know. Just for reading a lot of Matthew McConaughey, he's got a lot of Texas in him, though. I mean, he's a, oh yeah, he's got a lot of Texas in him. He's got some conservative uh, mm-hmm. values and viewpoints, and why he may have lived in Hollywood for a while. I, I think deep down, he's a Texas boy. And I and I agree. I think that, like I said, I think there's some conservative stuff inside of him, but there's definitely some uh, uh, liberal stuff inside of him. And, and like I said, I think if you had to, if he ran as an independent, he might not make it. Yeah. Just because he'll pull so much away from the Democratic Party, yeah. but I, and I don't know. But if he ran as a Democrat, he'd be the guy. I think he'll win. That's where I Freeman, don't that's, where, that's where Kinky messed up. Kinky ran independent. Independent. Yeah. I don't think McConaughey runs. I think he stays away from it. What's Ross Perot doing these days? <laughs> um, man, <laughs> uh, old he's, H. He's Ross Perot. Yeah, he's been six feet under for a while. Oh. That was my first. That was with Clinton, right? He got a he him he ran against Clinton when Clinton first got elected. That's how Clinton won. Yeah, I was an H. Ross Perot fan. I was just voting at that time. Mm-hmm. Didn't make the Bush yeah. family too happy that he ran. You gotta love Texas. It's like its own little you know country down there. We we are different, no doubt. Well, yeah. they say California and Texas could be their own countries. 
Oh yeah. But it's only diff- only difference is people in Texas are willing to do it. California is not. Yeah. California would just rather sit on their hands. But now they're all moving to Texas, so they are. Didn't you? You and I want you asked me to go to uh, Magnolia, didn't you? We could go visit. Uh, no, I said your wife's been to Magnolia. Well, My wife dragged me down to Magnolia. Oh, uh, when, whenever you're in Waco, and I've been to Waco before, having gone to school in in the Big Eight, which is now the Big Twelve. We, I've gone to a couple football games in Waco, but. Yeah, I mean, you go to Waco, you're there for a Baylor football game, a Baylor basketball game, or Magnolia. Before that, you really weren't even there for a Baylor game at all. True. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, over the past 10 years. About the only thing time. that came from Baylor was Mike Singletary back in the mid-70s. Yep. National then, champions, uh, the- Tim. National champions. They are now the, na- the past national NCAA basketball champions. Scott Drew, they've got a great, great basketball team. The the water's dirty. The town's just a town. I mean, they do have the Texas Ranger Museum. Yep, they do. So that's, right there, that's right there off the highway. Thing. Yep. I, I do enjoy that, but I'm a, I am love the good old Texas Rangers. Cowboys and white hats. Go figure. I've been to it. It's kind of a cool little place. Well, Monica yep. came back from Magnolia, and she brought these trinkets or antique-ish kind of things, and they're all made in China. So I was very pleased about that. So... <laughs> So, well, they've, the I, local, I'll, give, I'll give the Gaines family this much. They've reinvented that town, and it they have thousands of people there on a daily basis visiting Waco because of Chip and Joanna Gaines. That's exactly what I was going to say. If you talk to the locals, they have Chip and Joanna have reinvested into that town. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have poured their heart and soul into Waco, Texas, and made it way better than it ever was. Remember what Waco was known for, Tim? What was one thing that came to mind? Are we talking David? Yeah, David yeah. Koresh. Back in nineteen ninety, that was a good 90, Clinton moment, wasn't it? Yeah, nineteen ninety. That was amazing. Yeah, Janet Reno and friends. I, mean, I was young and didn't understand it quite all, but then when you go back and you research it and do it, I mean that in ninety three I was eighteen, mm-hmm. so you just kind of kind of gripped by what's really going on. Then you go back and you look and you're like, oh, y'all are idiots. Y'all yeah, are idiots. Every, that whole thing was catastrophic uh, on both yeah. sides. Um, granted, what Koresh was doing with some of the young girls and stuff was yep. criminal and they should have found a way, different way to take care of it. But yeah, the FBI and everybody associated with that created something that should have never happened. And because of yeah, that, that's all, that's well, all I was going for. Yep, and and a year later, um, you know, you've got Oklahoma City because of that. Mm-hmm. Alfred P. Mirror, um, you know that that bombing a year later just because of the Branch Davidians and what the FBI did to the Branch Davidians. So a lot of crazy stuff. Well, I heard my family upstairs, so that's a sign. I think to we'll probably wrap this up. <laughs> Every Tuesday, they volunteer at the local food bank, and so they just got home from there. So. Impressive. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Monica and the kids, but all, all three of them? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. And then the derelict dad just stays home and does keyboard warrior stuff. So, Well, Joe, thanks for so much for jumping on. We really appreciate yeah. it. We'd like to have you back, you know, as a regular. 
Yeah, that's every, fine. Every I got a lot, of, a lot. I got a lot of great feedback. Uh, the ladies posted it on whatever social media, and oh, good. I had a lot of people had a lot of great feedback from it. So. Well, good. Yeah. No, well, uh, stay cool as best you can this summer there in Texas. Uh, okay. When you do go hunting this fall, enjoy. I'm sure we'll talk to you before too late in the fall. But uh, thanks again for jumping on with us. Yeah. All right, guys. Y'all take care. Yep. Thank have, you. Have a good trip in Alabama. Yeah. Plan to appreciate it. All right. Take care. See you, buddy. Not Dead Yet podcast is powered by Mechanical Up Media and produced by John Masonbrink and Tim Ward. It is edited by John Masonbrink. Music presented by Jason Drum and graphics furnished by Wayne Rowe. Thanks for listening and until next week. <laughs>